Hello, everybody. I'm Chase Jarvis. Welcome to another episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show. It's new and improved, and it's on Creative Live. This is where I sit down with the world's top creatives, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders and unpack actionable, valuable insights from their brains into your brain. And that's going to help you live your dreams in career, in hobby, and in life. My guest today is Marie Forleo. Now, Marie and I have been traveling in the same circles for a long time, and I have been dying to get her on the show. And she capitulated finally. And uh, came on the show, and we had an awesome time. It was super great chemistry. I you, I know you're gonna love this episode. If you're one of the 11 people on the planet that don't know who Marie Forleo is, she is that champion for the entrepreneur in all of us. Uh, she's sort of a marketing maven, a business strategist, and she's got this sort of spiritual ass kicking side to her that I really love. With strangely hip hop swagger. She was a hip-hop dancer for a long time, and she talks about that in our uh, conversation. She was named by Oprah one of the thought leaders for the next generation, and her website is on Forbes' top 100 sites for entrepreneurs. Um, she reaches a gigantor audience, you know, reaches every country on the planet every month. Uh, she's got an award-winning uh, online TV show called Marie TV. She's got a best-selling book, Make Every Man Want You, which that, honestly, that was a curveball to me. I didn't really picture her writing this book, but when you get through this interview, you'll understand. It just plugs in in a really cool and interesting way, not in one that you would necessarily expect. And that's been translated into 16 languages, by the way. Gosh, she's got all kinds of nonprofit initiatives, and she is just a certified badass in all things entrepreneurship. And she's so good at explaining her views. I love how crystal clear she is. Uh, in this conversation, we dive into a lot. One of the things that I loved about this conversation is Marie's concept of a multi-passion entrepreneur. If I get asked one question more than any, it's probably this one. And that's, I love so many things. I was told to follow my passion and my effort, but I, I like all of these things. And so I don't know which one to pursue if I'm going to sort of leave this old career and start something new or lean into the thing that uh, I think I can be great at. And she has an amazing formula. She calls it the painted picture exercise. I think she may have borrowed this, but she does such a good job of explaining it, how to sort of stop living by default and to find your your focus in set direction. Um, what else do we talk about? She just she's she's just so good about finding the work that you love. You guys have heard me talk about this before about intuition. It, I'm a huge freak on intuition. I think almost all the answers are inside of us, and we know what we need and want to be and should be doing. So Marie talks a lot about that as well about following her intuition. It was you know it stemmed from her, her uh, relationship with her mom when she was very young and listening to that voice inside. And she's got this great this great uh, saying: everything is. Fixed figure outable. So we kicked that around and among other things, we also talked about one of her favorite things to do. I asked her if, you know, what was one thing that not many people knew about her and she said tweezing people's hairs. So in this episode, I asked her to tweeze me. At, well, not exactly. Well, I just, I'll, I'll let you listen to the episode and figure out for yourself. And before we get into it right now, I also, I'll give you a little bit of context. When she, when she walked in, we, we were basically wearing the same clothes. We had the same brand of tennis shoes on. I had black jeans. She had black pants on. We both had gray sweatshirt or gray t-shirts. We had a, a who wore it better contest. So that's what we're talking about right when we cut in. And I will just, I will, I'll give away the I'll give away the goose here. Um, she wore it better because her pants were leather. But before we get into the show, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Creative Live. Creative Live is the world's largest hub for online creative education. 
education in photo video, art design, music and audio, and the ability to make a living and a life in those disciplines. It's the highest quality, highly curated classes taught by the world's top experts. We're talking Pulitzer Prize winners, Oscar winners, Grammy Award winners, New York Times bestselling authors, and the best entrepreneurs of our time. Names like Richard Branson, Mark Cuban, Ariana Huffington are on the platform. And you get classes taught from guys like Tim Ferriss, Lewis Howes, uh, Ramit Sethi. I, again, I could list uh, a thousand other names of the top photographers, designers, musicians, the best in class. You get it. Now, right now, if you're familiar with me and my work, you might be saying, well, wait a minute. Isn't that a company that you started, Chase? Well, yes, it is. In fact, Creative Live makes this entire podcast possible. And in fact, all of my longstanding Chase Jarvis Live shows. Creative Live has millions of students around the world. More than 2 billion minutes of education have been consumed on that video platform. So, you know, that's a little bit of the sort of the what and the how behind Creative Live. But here's the why, which I think is so critical. Creative Live exists to help you live your dreams in career, hobby, and life. In short, I started Creative Live with a bunch of really committed friends because we saw a, a big need in the world. We wanted to help our peers and friends and, and folks out there in the world transition to new careers, live new dreams, take the leap, if you will, into an entirely different sort of direction where you can leave that job, maybe your job with the man, and strike out on your own. I also saw my peers in the photo and design world needing to sort of up their skills and get ahead. And I saw friends who were happily working at great companies but wanted to pursue their hobby to a next level that you know, might someday parlay into a side hustle. So we built that platform. Uh, these classes at Creative Live are the most highly and authentically produced of any of the online video platforms you'll experience. The top experts, it's all shot with 48 cameras, all in HD, beautifully presented and accessible on desktop, tablet, mobile. You know I stand for quality and that's what Creative Live uh, puts out. To that end, I have also taken it upon myself to curate a handful of my very favorite classes and mix them in with some of the top performing classes on Creative Live. And I'll bake that into a landing page called creativelive.com slash hustle just for you. This community listens to our podcast here. So you should go there and you should check that out as a special thank you for being a podcast listener. If you find a class that you love, either from the ones that I've curated or elsewhere on the site, and you want to buy it, during checkout, enter the code CHASER. That's my name plus an R, just C-H-A-S-E-R. And do that during checkout and you'll get 25% off your order. Uh, I think that's awesome and I hope you do too. So thanks very much for checking it out. Let me know what you think. Now that's it for the sponsors. Uh, now let's get into the show. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank uh, you. This is our first, like, we've been in the same circle for, for years, but this is our first time in the same room together. And you know what happened? Uh oh. I we don't. got the memo. We did. To uh, dress alike. Check it. <laughs> There's no question that she wore it better, though. <laughs> for real. Like, I'm, I'm sort of, we, we took a picture earlier together, and I was like, oh, man. Like, she's got the leather pants. She's got the cut-off sleeves. I got nothing. I got no game. Yeah. Now, next time. Next time we'll show up with high tops, leather pants, and matching gray. Happy to do it. Yep. Thank you very much again for being on the show, though. Uh, I confessed earlier, the reason I want you on the show is because you uh, have literally uh, lived the trajectory of so many of the people who pay attention to what I'm doing. Uh, and there's not many of us out there, but it's, it's increasing the number of people who are realizing that they can truly live their dreams and they don't have to live the life that somebody else scripted for them. Uh, you live that, manifest it, teach it, share it better than I think almost anybody in the on the planet. Uh, Thank and you. And so, 
it was requirement that you're on the show. So thank you for saying yes. Um, but how in the how did you do it? What's the give the folks at home some context about uh, your trajectory from the wee wee little. Uh, Marie back in the day to the one that sat on the couch right here. Yeah, so I grew up in Jersey and uh, I remember whenever any adult, including my parents, would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I always listed at least seven things and I would like count them off on my fingers and sometimes they would change out, but from the time I was tiny, tiny, all the way up through a teenager, I could never choose one thing that I wanted to be. And it was slightly alarming, yet it was always interesting. And I've always been one of those people who's been fascinated with human potential. I was a cheerleader in college, um, so I have this personality that's just like, I want to cheer people on, I want to see them win, and I'm always interested in a lot of things. When I was in college, I was introduced to the world of spirituality and personal development through yoga and meditation, and that was kind of my first entree into that whole universe. And I was like, whoa, like there's, there's a lot here. so many cool yeah. things. Um, and one of my ambitions, quite honestly, I knew I wanted to do something in the world that was both meaningful and I wanted to have financial freedom. You know, my parents got divorced when I was about seven or eight years old, and I remember my mom going through this kind of emotional breakdown. Understandably. Of feeling trapped and feeling like she didn't kind of do her life right. And I remember her shaking me really hard and saying, don't ever let a man control all the money. Like you need to be independent. You need to be your own woman. You can do this on your own. Don't make the mistakes that I did. So I had all of these different things swirling around. And by the way, my parents um, wound up only being divorced for like six months. They wound up getting back together. They've been together for 40 something oh. odd years. Oh my gosh. But still that lesson and that whole experience still of present. seeing yeah. so many fights around money and they're not being enough. For me, I made a sacred promise to myself that I wanted to earn enough money as an adult where I could take care of the people that I loved. I could give it away to others, and I associated having a good amount of money with healing pain. So when I got into college and I was trying to figure out what I was supposed to do with my life, I first studied psychology because again, I loved human potential and yeah. I wanted to support people and help people. But very quickly I realized the lens through which that class was being taught, it was like, okay, your parents have screwed you up and blah, blah, blah. and I was like, whoa, I need to change majors immediately. And the next thing I was interested in, I loved business and I loved finance. My dad was a small business owner, so I had grown up being a part of his small business. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, and I just, business for me was something that was very intriguing because it felt like there was this creative aspect to it. One thing I didn't tell you about when I was young, um, art and painting and drawing, like one of those kind of seven things I always said I wanted to be was either an animator for Disney or a fashion designer or just a fine artist. Ooh. So I had these different all there. pieces mm -hmm. of uh, my creativity, um, this ambition around business, but also this kind of humanistic side. When I graduated from school, my first job was on Wall Street on the New York Stock Exchange, and I loved it because I'm a human Easy. being that has a lot of energy, and there's literally no seats. So you right. don't sit down. You're like in the pit, you're running around like a crazy person. and. Um, while it was an exciting environment and I was so grateful to have a job and I was all of 21, very quickly I saw that while everyone around me was making bajillions, spiritually they were bankrupt. The lifestyle was like going out to strip clubs at four o'clock in the afternoon, lines of coke, and I'm like, this is not my life. Like I do not see myself here forever. And I remember calling my parents actually um, one day taking a break from the, from the floor and sitting out on the church steps 
and feeling like a failure because I remember how hard they worked to put me through school. I worked very hard and I was like, I feel like I need to quit this job. This sucks. Yeah. This isn't me. I don't know what I'm meant to do, but this is not it. And they were really cool and really supportive. And they said, my dad, he's like, you have to find something you love. You ha if you don't want this, quit. You're a hard worker. I've worked since I was like nine years old. I've babysat, sold glow sticks, yes. Carvel ice cream girl, worked at the beach. I ice mean, cream girl. Yes. Nice. I mean, High quality. I did not know that. Always. I, I from it. the moment I could earn my own money, it was something really important to me. So my parents were like, look, you are a hard worker. Like, quit this job if you don't want it, but you have to find what's going to light you up in this world. Otherwise, nothing is worth it. So I went on an odyssey after uh, quitting Wall Street, not knowing what I was supposed to do with my life. And I took some art classes in Boston, went back to bartending and waiting tables, and was really trying to figure out how do I blend this desire and passion for business with my creative side. And I thought perhaps magazine publishing would be a good industry. That was kind of like the first thought that came to my mind. Worked in ad sales for Gourmet Magazine. Got it. And uh, was like, okay, there's commerce, there's creativity. I happen to have a seat right next to the test kitchen, and I'm a girl who likes to eat, and I love <laughs> snacks. I'm Italian, so it was like I was always getting this kind of, hey, Marie, there's the test kitchen. We're trying out this recipe. I'm like, this is an awesome job. But about six months into my job, I realized I did not want to become my boss. I looked ahead. The woman who was a publisher of the magazine, she was great. I respected her, but I could not see myself staying on that mm, path. Yeah. And I kept I had this feeling like, oh my gosh, I quit Wall Street. Now I want to quit this. Like, am I broken? What's wrong with me? I'm ambitious, but I can't seem to hold down a job because I don't like them. And I had a conversation between me and me, and I said, okay, maybe you've just been a little bit too heavy on the business side. You need to go more towards the creative. So um, I got a job at Mademoiselle, which was a fashion magazine in Condé Nast. Yes. Fashion department going, okay, I got this. Now yeah. I'm going to be doing like layouts and editorial and, you know, all this creative stuff. And I got to tell you, Chase, it was like six months in, started having that same feeling, looked ahead at the editor-in-chief, lovely human being, but quite frankly, I was like, I kind of knew their salary range, and I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> Not going to make it. Not going to make it. Not enough for me, and it didn't feel soul-fulfilling. I felt pretty empty. And it was at that time when I was on the internet, when I probably shouldn't have been, and I stumbled upon an article about a new profession at the time, this is back in the late 90s, okay. called life coaching. I'm 23. I read this article, something in my entire body like lights up and vibrates like nothing has ever done before. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Completely. Yeah. And the logical part of my brain said, are you freaking nuts? Like who the heck is gonna hire a 23 year old life? You haven't even <laughs> lived, you're crazy. Right. But I couldn't deny that there was something in this and I've always been a person who lives my life by intuition and by what feels right, not necessarily what is logically right. Yeah. And so uh, I signed up for a three-year coach training program and started studying at night. It was all virtual. It was like one of the first um, coach training institutes here in the States. And I worked at the magazine during the day and I was just going along until one day I got a call from HR at Condé Nast about a job opening at Vogue. That was my fork in the road. It was uh, go work Ooh. for the top fashion magazine in the world in their um, accessories department or quit and do this like weird life coaching thing and you're 23 and you have absolutely no experience. <laughs> no you're, life experience. You're thousands of dollars in debt. This sounds weird and kind of cheesy to your brain, but something about it's awesome. So um, I quit and uh, I went back to bartending and waiting tables, which is how I helped put myself through college. Mm -hmm. And I worked my tail off at night and tried to figure out how to start a digital business during the day. And I uh. used 
really the internet. I remember, because I was in New York City, and there's always people like willing to take your headshot, yeah. do all that <laughs> stuff. And so I remember getting headshots done that made me look about 15 years older than what I was at that time. And I just completely used the internet to mask my age. I never lied to anyone, right. but I gave the appearance that I was a bit older than I was and I started creating content and publishing an email newsletter and like getting every bar patron when I was bartending like on my newsletter. I actually had a, a yellow legal pad that I would, if someone would ask me like, well, what else do you do? I'd say, actually, I publish this amazing newsletter and I get their name and again, this is all before yeah, opt-ins and for sure. that whole it, world. Yeah, so, so that's how I got into it and that's how I started to do eventually you know, what I do now. There are so many things. I'm trying to hold on to like 25 different things that you just said. Sorry. No, I love it. I asked you to like the open-ended question. That's really what I wanted to do so that the folks at home who are on the other side of these cameras right now, hello, people, um, so they could A, be grounded in you. I'm sure a lot of people are very familiar with your work and for the folks that are at home that are new, I thought that was helpful. However, there are like 10 things I want to talk about. One is the, the quitting thing. Yes. So I will share with you, I also am a driven... Um, type A person who was in the, on that same sort of journey. Um, for me, I, I dropped out of an opportunity in professional soccer. I bailed on medical school, dropped out of a PhD in philosophy. So like quit, 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 quit. And quitting all of the things that so many of the people in, in my world at the time were like, are you crazy? Like this is like, who wouldn't want to go to Europe and play professional soccer? Who wouldn't want to, whatever the thing was. And uh, and there was also a script that was a cultural script, a society script that I was listening to. There's a soundtrack in my brain that says, if you want to be successful, successful people in our culture are doctors, lawyers, you know. And those two things were very, very hard for me to overcome. But you said something strong, which is what I want to land on first here, which is intuition. So how much of your directional path would you attribute to intuition? Was there the psychology of were you doing calculating salaries and all this stuff, or was it very much about what was in here and any variation therein? I would say at least 90 to 95, if not 98% intuition. You know, um, there's the part of my brain, and again, living in Manhattan and understanding that I was in debt after college and that kind of stuff. So of course my brain was thinking, okay, salaries and numbers and money and some dreams, but it was all about intuition and my mom gave me one of the greatest gifts ever as a little girl she always taught me to listen to that little voice inside I mean since I was tiny she's like what does that little voice say and so I had this training all growing that's up that's an amazing gift by the way you know that's a very powerful gift she's incredible and um, and she always taught me she's like that little voice is gonna tell you things all throughout your life and it speaks quietly but it always is right. And the more you listen to it, the louder it gets and the more you're going to trust it. And she's never, never betrayed that little voice. And so hearing that throughout... That's like the best advice ever. Yes. Wow. Well, she, uh, you know, I was raised Catholic and um, she tried to have me for like six years and um, she was in the bathtub one night and she, for, in her recollection, heard like, the Virgin Mary tell her you're gonna have a baby like finally now is the time and she felt like my mom's not kooky my mom's an amazing <laughs> human being and this was like she was a little embarrassed to even say this but she said I made a promise if you let me have a little girl I will name her after you and she didn't want to Mary just didn't sound right and she's mm -hmm. like Marie is gonna be after you so she she's like I know that little voice there's something there's larger thread, yes at play so so to answer your question yes. mostly 
intuition. And that has been true my entire life and it is true to this day in business where yeah. I say no to opportunities or take things off the market or kind of walk away from things that people are like. How could you possibly walk away from that? Yeah. It's so powerful. There's also, there's this double-edged sword that I find, and again, I'm, I'm hoping to extract this from you, uh, mesh it with my story so that maybe we can break through because there's so many people on the other side of these cameras that are that have that intuition. Mm -hmm. And then there's that cultural voice that says, either I'm not good enough, or now's not the time, or I'm not worthy, or I could never, or this is crazy, or I'd be so foolish, I have a mortgage, my spouse would kill me, my, yes. all the, there's, there's a million sort of excuses. And uh, I feel very strongly that your path may change. Clearly your path has changed, but if you're always sort of a, striving toward the thing that that little voice is telling you yes that there's this sort of happiness and joy joyful existence at the root of that so i again i'm super happy that you're on the show because like, you've literally lived it and when you are in that place uh did you were you challenged in those in those decisions that you made did oh, you have terrified talk to me about the Haters is a, you know, that's your, your classic internet term, but talk to you, because there's people who aren't haters that are just your friends that are like, yeah. ooh, geez, and people you like and respect, and I mean, so how I had do you my, fight through that? My own version of that, yeah, like do, wanting right? to become a life coach, it sounded ridiculous to a certain part of my brain. It sounded cheesy, it sounded like not real, like there were all these things that I was saying to myself, and then of course my friends who were lawyers and who were accountants and people that I loved and admired, highly educated, doing great things, like were like, well, what are you doing? Like, what does this mean? Oh, you're gonna make hundreds. Yeah, <laughs> like who needs, a, like what? That's just weird. And so, yeah, and I, I still, I'll be honest with you, one of the things that I think is probably my least favorite question to be asked is what do you do? Because I'm like, well, how long do you have? Like, yeah. there's a lot of different things that I do. So I think it's really normal to experience that. And I think, especially if you're creating things in this current modern time, and you're putting out your art, your photography, your writing, um, your product, if it's a business or a service, you do have to be able to contend with people that don't get it, don't understand it, don't like it, think you're weird, think you're crazy, have judgments against you. And you have to be able to learn to navigate that stuff. Brene Brown is one of my favorite humans. She has this list, she keeps it, she says it's like this big. I've never, actually, I think I have seen it. It's very small, she folds it in half and it's in her wallet. It's the list of people that she cares what these people think of her and it's so small. Yes. And then there's this other level for her of people who have are in the arena. I would say you and I are in the, the public eye yes. in the arena and then there's a respect there like ooh. Like if Marie tells me Chase, you're sort of, you're going off the deep end, a little kooky, you should check yourself. I will listen to your criticisms because you're, you are in the arena, so to speak. You've sort of been there and you're doing that and, and out of a professional respect. Unless you and I didn't respect one another, which is not the case. But, and then there's everybody else. Yes. And 99.9% .9 of the criticism comes from that everybody else pile. And you have to make a decision who to listen to. Do you listen to anyone in that pile? Or, and there are so many people in that, people that you like and trust and people that, that have known you for 25 years and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a powerful vehicle to listen to your inside. I found that, especially though, speaking to that bit about the other people in the arena, mm -hmm. um, in like near 17 years of doing what I'm doing, you know, I ask my friends for feedback, but I have never had anyone come and like come down on me. Yeah. Do you know, it's like sure. I find that other people that have the courage and the bravery to do something, even if they don't agree with what I'm doing or they don't like it, they're like, they're like you good go. for you, you, you yeah. go do it, yeah. you go do it. I think that's, um, to me, that's a 
a huge challenge. There are people, we talked about a little bit about this before the camera started rolling. There's people that I, I talk about going from zero to one. Yeah. Who haven't yet started this path or their path. Yeah. And then there are people who are on the path but want to get better. And it's very, very rough, obviously, two, two piles of people. But this particular part of the, the discussion is so pertinent, so relevant to the people who haven't started because you, you have a, a job, you, are, you probably have a mortgage or rent or you have your own aspirations, but there's this, there is, are so many people not, I don't even think they wish bad, but they're trying to give you good advice, but it's the advice of following sort of safe. Yeah. Talk to me about safe versus unsafe career well, path. I think there's um, there's another mantra. Like my mom, I'm such my mom's daughter, that has driven me my whole life, and she taught me this very simple idea by me watching her. Um, she grew up in poverty and without a lot of money, so um, watching her as a young child always figure out ways to fix things and to do things, and she had no more than a high school education from like putting the roof together, you know, if like we were having a leak, retiling the bathroom, like fixing things that she had no business. This is the 80s, this is like yeah. pre-internet, pre-Google, pre-YouTube, she just figured Figured it out. out. And so um, this phrase is everything is figure outable. And so when people talk to themselves like, well, I can't have a mortgage or I can't have this. It's like, wait, all of this is honestly figure outable. It really truly is. You just have to be willing to use your creativity and to think outside the box. I was talking with, um, I run this program called B-School, which is online business school for modern entrepreneurs. And we had coaching calls today where I love getting to interact and answer questions. And someone was bringing up this very issue of like, gosh, I, I'm working a full-time job right now and I really want to start this other thing, but I don't have enough time. And you know, should I quit the thing and devote 100% of my time to my new business? Or if I don't do that, and I'm like, you know what? I can't answer that for you, but you gotta start pushing yourself to think outside the box. I've had other students who said, you know, I live in New York and it's expensive and I have this rent or I have this mortgage. You know what they did? They sold all of their stuff and they moved to another country that was a fraction of what the living expenses were in Brooklyn. So that they're like spending $400 a month to live so they could have all this freedom to go for their idea. And I'm not saying that everyone can or should do that, but that's a possibility. So I feel like when we want to take a step in a new direction, number one, everything is figure outable and we have to challenge ourselves. Like you can't have it all. You can't be comfortable and start this brave new idea and have it be easy and know it's going to work and know it's going to make a ton of money. It's like, dude, stop <laughs> crying. Go do it. You're going to stumble a little bit. You're going to get, you know, some scrapes on your knees. It's okay. But that joy and fulfillment that comes from taking that leap and then from getting a little bit of progress and then a little bit of confidence and you get a little scruffy and you're like, I can handle this, this, this wasn't so bad. Yeah. You know, obviously you have to be wise and intelligent and prudent and you don't want to make financial decisions that could put, if you have kids or, you know, that could put yeah, your family put in ruin. at risk, sir. But you can have conversations with your family to say, I really want to do this. What can we do as a family? What can so we come powerful. back on? Inviting the conversation, inviting other people to be a part of your dream. To be a part of your dream yeah. and to get enlisted and to share with them, this is who I am as a human and I want to live this. How do we do this together? What are our ideas? Let's brainstorm. Rather than feeling like it's you against your family or you against the world. How important is community? To me, it, it, I, I have often, I know how, how it is for me, but yeah. as, a, as a life coach yourself, you yeah. hear all sorts of stories, way more stories than I do. And, and, and again, as both sort of online 
readily available personalities. There's a lot, I get a lot of inbound. I'm sure you get 10X that, given that that's your sort of title. How, how important does the role of community and friends and peers and, and sort of a team, how, how, does that, how often does that come into play? I think it's vital and it doesn't have to take a particular form, but I remember when I was first starting my business and nobody got, my parents for like years still didn't understand what I did. I had um, a side career in health and fitness and I've taught for Nike as a Nike elite dance athlete and I've taught hip hop around the world and I have four fitness videos. Like if you ever walk into a Walmart or a Target, you will see my cheesy ass like, on a, on a video or a few and uh, they could point to that and say oh we get what she does but everything else was kind of like we don't really know what she does so for me it was vital to find some folks mm -hmm. who get it who like understand this is a website and this is my presence and this is what I'm trying to sell and this is a conversion rate and this is an opt-in and like all of the different things that I was doing I want to write this book publisher blah 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 so I think it's huge you have to Huge. find, even if it's just three or four people, you don't have to have this enormous community. Right. If you do, that's great. But um, you have to have people that you can connect with because here's the other thing, especially in relationship, in terms of couples, I think we much too often look to our significant other and want them to be everything. We want them to be our lover, we want them to be our best friend, we want them to be our shopping buddy, we want them to be our business advisor. It's like. You can't go to one person for everything and yeah. expect them to get it. And the same is true with your family too. It's like you need to spend quality time with them and then kind of have all these creative fun things off with your posse who like digs it. Yes, oh, I love this. All right, so we're gonna stay at the, in the zero to one group. People who are really like, they're stuck and they wanna do something instead yeah. of doing nothing. Um, so you go back to you as a life coach. I'm just throwing out a couple of hurdles that I've, I've heard of, I've personally experienced uh, as in like, I had to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And also that I get beat down with from people who are trying to unlock their potential. Yep. You have 10X the inbound on that kind of stuff. What are some other major hurdles? And then give us a, a couple of solutions to like, as you said, like, buck up little camper. Yes. <laughs> you, got a, you, got a great, you got a great phrase, well, I won't try and No, it, but, but you do, you have to stop crying and stop whining and just do it. Like nothing is really, that, tr like nothing you can do, honestly, most of us, the things that we wanna do, if we fail, like BFD, yeah. so, who cares? Yeah. Like, and with our tools at our fingertips, we can create things for almost nothing. We don't have to invest a ton of money. You don't need some $10,000 website. You can create amazing videos on your iPhone. You can publish things for free. Try it. Try it. Try it. <laughs> what are some other blockers? Fear. Fear is a big block. I think the fear of being judged, the fear of people not liking it, the fear of being criticized, um, this is probably, I think, one of the biggest blocks that stops people, especially folks who, I've always called myself a multi-passionate entrepreneur because I like so many different things, and I'm like, well, I'm not just about business, I'm not just about life, I'm not just yeah. about spirituality, it's like a lot of different things, that's who I am. Whenever anyone has heard that term, multi-passionate entrepreneur, they're like, me, yes. I am one too. But what stops them up is going, wait, which one should I choose? How am I supposed to know for sure which passion or idea or business idea or creative possibility should I just go whole hog in? And if I have five and a full-time job, how am I supposed to whittle you this down that, yeah. and vet this? So I think that's probably one of the other things that stops people from moving ahead is a lack of clarity. Mm. One of the biggest solutions for people, this is really easy and it helps so many folks, um, what I tell people to do, you have to lean into your future and do, it's this exercise actually inspired by um, gentleman Cameron Harold, 
who wrote a book called okay. Double Double. Ooh. Yeah, great book. I like. I, I get uh, most every guest who says, I got this book, I, I, I've read the book. I not only have not read that book, I've not heard of it. Noted. We yeah, note this. Okay. it's this. I just want to credit Cameron because he he was the first person that articulated it in such a way. I had done versions of that exercise before, but I loved the way that he framed it. And he calls he calls it something different now, but in this particular version, it was called the painted picture exercise, and it's about leaning into your future three years, three years into the future, like whatever this date is, you write it down and you start to describe, in painstaking detail with emotion and clarity, like everything that you want to see come to life. What does your life feel like? What does it look like? What are you doing on a daily basis? What does your business look like? How are you making money? What are the kinds of products and services that you sell? What's your team look like? How much time are you taking off? I mean, you just go to town. Wow. And it's a really fun exercise to get you to lean into what you want to create because both from your day-to-day -day actions, and I do believe that there are, we live in an intelligent and creative and responsive universe. If you don't set the direction, you're just living like by default. Isn't that weird? Yeah. There's so much that happens. You're like this yes. is what I was dealt. So this, yeah. Yes. And so what this exercise allows people to do, almost like if you're going into a clothing store and you're like, I'm going to try on this suit. It's like you look at yourself in the mirrors. Do I like myself in this suit? Do I look hot? Do I look fine? You're like, eh, put it back. Let me try on another one. So for people that are multi-passionate or that are having trouble choosing, I'm like, do like three of them. Map out three possible painted pictures of you three years into the future with a idea, B idea, and C idea, and see what really feels right. People spend so much time up here that they don't give themselves enough license to actually lean out into their future and see, like, does that sound awesome or not? Goes if back to that fear thing too, right? Yes. Yeah. And if it sucks, it's like, don't do that, dude. <laughs> it's that simple. And granted, you know, I've done painted pictures for a few years now, and it's mm -hmm. uncanny how much of it comes true. Like you go take a look at it. Cameron and I have a difference. He's like, you cannot touch your painted picture. Like once you set it, in, I've heard him talk about this. Like, no, 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 you can't touch it. And um, at least that's what I remember him saying. And for me, I've told people, look, do the painted picture. And if like a year and a half, things have changed, things have developed and you want to adjust that, dude, adjust it. For sure, because you're be, not the same person. You're not the same right? person, but when you were also talking about that second group of people who maybe are established and they're wanting to look to get to that next level, it's an amazing tool for them as well. Because when you have a team around you and you're trying to coalesce people around a mission and you want your team to grow as leaders, you have to make sure everyone's on that same page. Yes. And they know the North Star. They know the things that would be cool if you guys can bring to life. They know why you're making the decisions that you're making so they don't feel stunted in their own creativity. Because they're like, why'd they shoot down my projects? Like, mm, does that mm. help us get us to our painted picture? If yeah. not, ain't getting on the books. Great. So, wow. So, so many things. So you, let's. There's three painted pictures you encourage people to check out. If you, you could do you, one if you had sure, one idea. You had one passion idea. You, uh, you called yourself a multi-something entrepreneur. Multi-passionate. Okay, multi-passionate. The way I, I talk about a multi-hyphenated, or we're all hyphens these days. Yes. Um, I just was speaking with Jared Leto as a part of the series, and I mean, you know, sold more than a million albums for his band. He's run the Oscar for best supporting actor. Obviously, he's involved in many, many startups. And this thing, you I were just, I, I could be misspeaking but or misunderstanding that you were saying, like, lean into one of those things. But you yourself describe yourself as a multi-passionate. Yes. Multi well, so how, how do you do, how do, you, how do, do you figure one thing and then do many things? Sure, sure, sure. So one of the things I also share when I ever get into this conversation is, for me, there was a time when I was 
I was bartending, I was doing side gigs, I had a coaching practice that was growing, I was writing a book, and I was teaching hip hop and fitness. So I had a lot of plates in the air, but it was conscious. Like, I experimentation. also- Experimentation. Experimentation, I knew that each project probably would go a bit slower, like I wouldn't become the top fitness personality in the world because my focus was split my coaching practice wouldn't grow enormously because I was doing all of these different things. So it was a very conscious decision. I wanted to have a split focus. And from a practical and pragmatic level, I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have a family to take care of. So I could afford to, at that time, be crazy. Yes. And it was awesome. So I tell folks now, it's like, if you wanna do that, if you wanna have a split focus and do a bunch of different things, just go into it with eyes wide open and don't cry about it. Like, don't cry if something isn't going as fast as it can. You know, you mentioned Jared Leto. There are people, they're like, well, I want to be him or I want to be her. And it's like... Crazy freak of nature talent. Yes, and they're amazing and they're unicorns and we love them and we admire them. It's great to celebrate that. It's great to celebrate that, but don't compare yourself to anybody else. Like, do you, do you hard. If you want to pursue a couple of things, Awesome, but know that unless you're going to stay up 24-7, each project is maybe not going to move as fast if you had a single focus. Mm. Just saying. Just saying. Love it. So you've also mentioned bartending. Yes. Bartender, waiter, I've done all those things. And I think there's a belief, uh, I've rebutted this question. Rebutted? Is that how you say it? Rebutted? Rebutted? Yeah, rebutted. I've rebutted this question many times, which is like, man, as a, you know, you want to go out on this limb and start this new career, you just got to go all in. I'm like, actually, it's not at all the case. The way that I prescribe it is, you know, you may have heard this for sure, but what's your, your nine to five, you gotta keep that, or wait tables. The way I talk about it is, what's the thing, how much do you need to live, and not just like get by by the skin of your teeth, but what, what do you need to reasonably like be healthy and well and safe? And then how much, what, what job can you get today that will give you that amount of money while working as little as possible and taking up as little RAM in that big old brain of yours. Yeah. That's why waiting tables, bartending, you know, being a valet for cars, all these things are so being an Uber driver, whatever it is, so so success or so so perfect. Great, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, what are some other things that that I mean, is that is the nine to five you talked about? I would go home and I would work on this and I would, you were hustling at a side hustle, you were putting people's names on your yellow pad of paper. Yes. What are some of the tricks? Because you for sure have all the tricks given that you're, this is your line of work, so. Well, the other thing I just want to recommend to people and I always like to say, especially because one of the other big challenges, how do I know when I can quit my nine to five or how do I know when I can give it all up and just go all in on this new idea? And I always tell people, you have to know yourself. Like you have to know your risk DNA. There are mm. some humans out there and I've seen them and they've been my friends who the way that they thrive, the way that they actually make the business work is to burn the bridges. Like they have to cut themselves off from any other option but success. And that's how those human beings seem to like rise up, close the sales, make it happen. That's who they are, that's their DNA. Me, I'm a very different animal. I am probably a little bit like you in the sense where I love to have a cushion. And in my particular industry, what is more sad than a desperate life coach who needs clients? <laughs> like that is the most pathetic On thing. On opposite in the, day, that's the kind of life coach you want. That's yeah. like the most pathetic thing in the universe. So yeah. I was like, I never wanted to need clients, which is why I was so happy to do any job to have money coming in so I could figure out how to do it ethically and honestly and truly, where I was really delivering value. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and, I know exactly and, what and you mean. And build it on the slow, organic kind of trail. So my suggestion for everyone is know your DNA. 
Like, look back in your history. Do you thrive under extreme pressure when you burn the bridges? If so, quit the freaking job. Yeah, go Quit it. it. Do it. If not, do not be afraid to go take those jobs, the Uber, the waiting tables, whatever, even if it's a nine to five. Um, and again, I would challenge people. You don't have to live in this country. You don't have to live in some of the most expensive cities in the world. Like the gentleman I was talking to today, God bless him. He's like, yeah, I live in New York City. And I'm like, dude, move the F out of yeah. New York. Like, it's insane. Right. Like, if you're looking to kind of cut down and create more space and more, you know, freedom not and flexibility, yeah. kind of, you know. There's other ways to do things. And I don't think people give themselves enough permission to challenge their own assumptions about what's possible for them if they really, really want it. Like, take to heart that idea, everything is figure outable, and do not rest, do not stop until you figure it out. My thing, speaking of figuring out, my thing is creativity. I think that's, uh, it's, it underpins everything we do. It's one of the key differentiators between humans and other species on the planet. We believe that a uh, creative life, that creativity is the new literacy, that you imagine a world where we put the same amount of effort and energy into becoming creative and innovative as we do into becoming literate. And what kind of a world could we have? So, yes. Um, talk to me, if you would, about the role that creativity plays in, in choosing these things for oneself uh, and in making something that is different from the other things that are out there, listening to that inner voice that you talked about. What role does creativity play in that whole thing? Knowing that my bias, you can hate on it, but my bias is that it's critical, and then there's C with the, there's there's creativity with the small C, art, design, photography, all that stuff that we think of traditionally. Yes. But art is really a subset of creativity, and creativity with the capital C is is boundless. So, given those constraints, talk to me about what Marie's view of creativity is and how it applies to the things that she's thinking about. I think it's everything. I think it's everything in our lives. I think there's an opportunity on a moment-to-moment -moment basis to be creative from like how you're setting up your breakfast in the morning. You know, how many you, beverages? How you many beverages <laughs> you give yourself permission to have? I mean, what you choose to wear, how you choose to write something, how you choose to pick up your phone if your beloved calls you and it's like, hi, honey. I was like, what's up? Like, like there's so many things that you can do to have fun and express a sense of aliveness and yeah. vitality and, oh my God, we're on the planet for a little bit. Dude, let's have a good time. Um, creativity really informs everything that I do on a moment-to-moment -moment basis and I feel like it is like the secret sauce of life when we think about the people we love the most and admire the most and just want to hang out with or talk with or be with they're usually folks who are not afraid to express their unique gifts and that's the other thing that's cool mm. I, I know where you're going here I love this live with the belief um, again, another thing I was blessed enough to get from my folks, amazing, awesome human beings, they taught me from a very little, from a, a very young age that I had something special that nobody else in the world had and other people were special too. And so all of us come to this earth with our own unique package of gifts and talents and perspectives. And my whole job was to figure out what those things were and to express them. And so the end of Marie TV. One of the lines that people love that I always say at the end of every show is, stay on your game. Um, the world needs that special gift that only you have. And so much of creativity is not necessarily trying to be different, but it's allowing yourself to be you and allowing yourself to really express your viewpoints and your opinions. And no one has your story. No one has your perspective. No one has that blend of quirks and insights and crazy things that you have. So by you just expressing who you are, by default, you are unique. And so um, 
I don't know if we went exactly into. Uh, uh, no, that was it was exactly what I was hoping we were going to touch on. And they're, they're, the way that I think about it in, uh, comparatively is that uh, I say things like create something that no one else in the world could create. That's a way that, that A, you can put yourself in your work. That's the way you define your style. Those are the biggest questions I get. How do you possibly define your style? You have to do you so hard and so often yes. and relentlessly and then you'll just realize that, oh, this is the work that I create. You can start to see a pattern in it. And if you only create one thing or two things, it's very hard to see a pattern. Yeah. Um, it's like, when is a pile of sand a pile? Is it one grain? Is it two grain? Is it three? No, you just basically have to throw a bunch of stuff in there. And then you'll start to see the piles take shape. And that's the pile of our own unique gifts. So you have to sort of live that. However, my, uh, I guess, the, the, a place where I feel that people get stuck is in this, like, well, I'm not creative. Mm. I'm a I'm a I'm a numbers person. Or I yeah you know I never really got good grades in art. Or I don't uh, I don't connect with that side. How, how do I? So shoot holes in that argument for me if sure. you would. And what you're really doing is you're shooting holes. Uh, I like it when our cider gets refilled. I like it when our cider gets refilled. Oh. Wait, I think he. I think you have to go back and get a little more. I think someone just left the room to get us more excited. All right. So going back. So yeah. I think for all of us, um, play. Going back to play. Mm -hmm. We were all kids once, right? I mean, no one popped out at like 27 and like totally stiff. Um, we were all kids. You have to go back to that sense of play and being like really goofy and really silly. Like for me, dance and music is huge. I dance so much around the house, like, and make up songs. I have a horrible voice. I sing, I rap, I do all kinds of things. And thankfully, um, my man is an actor, so he is equally as goofy and expressive. So it's just ridiculousness. Ooh. Our neighbors are like, what they- <laughs> What's like, happening in there? They always, they're like, wait, do you, are you guys sports fans? Like, why do you scream so much? We're like, no, we're just making shit up and just completely, you know, being weird. But for someone who doesn't feel creative, what is playful for you? Is it dance? Is it crayons? Is it another one of my things? Going on roller coasters? You know, is it playing with animals? Is it sports? Where, cooking. cooking. Yeah, there's a million things. Absolutely. And I also think there's something around being present and being really engaged with your senses. Because so much of us spend so much of our time up here. And it's, mm. Am I doing this right? Is this cool? Does this look good? It's like, screw all that. Is it fun? Can you feel it? Can you smell it? Can you play with it? Share it with someone? Um, I think every single human being is creative. We are born creative. We have the ability to create our lives. Now there's this meta layer. You're creating something, but at the whole time you're creating, you're literally creating your, your, your life, the arc of your life. You Absolutely. Know? That's what's so fun, I think, about that painted picture exercise, firing up your imagination. There's a lot of science that can back up the power of visualization and our ability mm. in our human brains to use pictures and imagery to think of things and then live into them. I mean, you know, sports are, sports. Classic, yeah, I went to college on a soccer scholarship uh, and we had access to sports psychologists that really helped me get into that and it was one of the most powerful vehicles. Can you share a little bit about that? Because a lot of people do. don't know. Yeah, my, uh, I, I got into a little bit of sports psychology as a child because I, I had a, a Greek soccer coach. It was like, you know, you get to see the ball on the back of the net. Um, and so I started like, oh, wow, I wonder what that would feel like. And I started just doing that in high school, and it was incredibly powerful. I did it in football, and once there, there was it's the same year, uh, I did it in football, which is the first season, and then there's the, the, in the fall, and then the soccer, guys' soccer in that part of the world was in the spring. So I, I practiced this little visualization technique very casually, but some crazy shit happened. Some like very powerful stuff. Like Tell that. us. Well, I, I, let's just see, in particular, I said, oh, I'm gonna, you know, 
lead the conference in interceptions. I'm going to be, uh, you know, the all-state defensive back or whatever. That happened. And, I, and this was very casual. And I, the way I would do it, I would just sit down uh, once a day and I would think about that for like five minutes. And it was very casual. I, I literally read a like 100-page book or something like that in back in the day in high school. And then I was like, okay, that was powerful. I'm going to lean into this a little bit more because I got a really important soccer season. I want to be able to go to, to college on a soccer scholarship for either football or soccer. So I really sunk some energy into that. And I visualized how many goals that I was going to score in my senior season. And I literally scored exactly that many goals. Now, you can dismiss this stuff as of coincidence. Course. And the, the world works very hard to do that, by the way. We, we, I don't know why we work so hard to actively dismiss these amazing things that the universe delivers to us. And that's a part of our brain and neuroscience. Yeah, neuroplasticity, all <laughs> yes. these things. And so when I went to college, and uh, it was the top, you know, one of the top uh, soccer schools in the country, San Diego State. Uh, we had just lost in the national championship the year before I went there. We had access to sports psychologists because the school has a psychology department and they're looking for people to train and we're looking to get better. And I found that whole experience so powerful. And in fact, as a, you know, maybe 10 years later, when leaning into, I, I, it's ridiculous that it took me this long to map that same sort of psychology around what I wanted to make and be and do in yes. the world. Ten years later, I applied that to my life, and it's literally the reason I'm sitting here today. It led me to meditation, led me to, uh, I have a visualization and gratitude practice I do every day and haven't done for years and years and years, and it's the, certainly the most powerful force in my life. Maybe outside of love, but yeah. uh, it's very, very, very powerful. I mean, everything that we're talking about here, if someone has the impulse or the desire, you know, they want to be more creative, you know, talking about that painted picture exercise. And I just love that exercise. It's so powerful. Your mind's ability to go like, well, what would I look like? How would it feel for me to be creative? You know, and just let your imagination start to fire up. I can think of no better exercise if you want to increase your creativity than to fire up your imagination and start dreaming about what's possible. There's one phrase that we use on my team that um, always leads to amazing results. And this Ooh, is, this is always, that's a powerful word too. It really this. is. Well, we, yes. we do good stuff because I love this content. Yeah. I love these practices and these ideas. And for me, it's, it's not just about like, oh, how do we have a happy, great life? For me, I'm really passionate about the billion and more people in the world who are living on 250, oh, excuse me, $2.50 or less a day, the bottom billion. How do we take these ideas? How do we help heal the planet? How do we get everyone over here who's kind of doing all right to like start putting our focus, like how do we lift all of us up? So this phrase um, that works for us like crazy, and any team can use it or any person, wouldn't it be cool if, and you just start going off, wouldn't it be cool if I had my own show? and we had a live audience. Wouldn't it be cool if we had something called 30 Days of Genius? Wouldn't it be cool if we had this incredible company called Creative Live and people could take classes from all over the world and access and build their skills? I mean, you can do it with anything. Wouldn't it be cool if you know I lived debt-free? Wouldn't it be cool if I could quit my job within six months or eight months? And you start going there and your imagination gets fired up and you start living in this space of creativity and possibility and then you get to parse through. You get it, you, it taps and there's some cellular shit that goes on there. You tap into it, you feel, yeah. You do. You do, you feel that. That's what I, I, I try and get people to think about it and talk about it. I love that exercise. I'm, I'm definitely swiping that. I mean, do it with your team. Yeah. Like, so everyone gets to kind of 
throw in there, wouldn't it be cool if idea about what y'all want to bring to life as a company, as individuals, and then it's mm -hmm. so great to cheer each other on. And then, you know, for me, it's like comes back to, all right, everything's figure outable. If we're all into that, dude, let's like start working on it. Let's start making it happen. Get the calendars out, get the tasks out. And of course, there's a bit of magic that you have to allow for as well. Sure, but, sprinkle. But those are some just really simple tools that anyone could use, you know. Thank you for putting a bow on that. That was very great. I want to dive into some specifics about yes. your projects in particular, and then you. We'll yes. do a little speed round a little bit later. But in, in the meantime, so B-School. Yes. What a cool thing. Congratulations. Thank you. It's, it's a powerful vehicle. I've read a lot of uh, testimonials. I've talked to some people who have taken classes. I know some of your affiliates, and there's just nothing but goodness out there. So Thank what you. led you to create it? Um, tell people a little bit about it so that, that if they're interested, they can jump in. Sure. So, so B-School is um, my online business school for modern entrepreneurs, and it really teaches people how to fuel higher profits through their higher purpose. All about marketing and sales online in this digital world, but doing it in a way that's full of integrity and heart and soul and creativity. Isn't it nice to be able to put all those things together? Yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I am a big believer that business and whether you consider yourself an entrepreneur or a freelancer or you just got something that you want to share, that you can be a force for good in this world. You know, there, business isn't all bad. Right. I mean, there's some people Do that have done some make, really... Make good by doing good or what? There's a better saying. There's all a yeah. bunch of good stuff. But essentially, you know, um, for me, when I was trying to figure out how to build my business from the ground up, and they don't really teach you entrepreneur skills in school, nope. at least for me. I didn't learn them. And I would go around and I'd go to seminars and conferences and I'm a lifelong learner. So I'm constantly looking for things to help me grow as a human being and as a business person. And most of the conferences I went to at that time, again, this is like early 2000s, most of the folks teaching were men. And yeah. unfortunately, a lot of them spoke about business and customers and clients. Like you have to extract as much profit as possible and like, you know, let's upsell them and cross them and blah, 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 blah. And I got it, but I said, this is disgusting. Yeah. Like, I feel like I need to take a shower. <laughs> the actual presentation of the educational material was shit. There was no design elements. Nothing was pleasing aesthetically. There was, like, kind of no sense of humor besides a really crude, sexist sense of humor. And I remember finding myself um, <laughs> just at conferences feeling super, like, my God, it's like a sausage party. Like, That's where, right. like, I don't where have anyone to, none, yeah. hardly any. After I went to enough of those, and because I was growing my business, I was teaching dance classes, I was doing all these things, I started to kind of amass a female following. And a lot of the women would ask me, how are you doing what you're doing? How do you have this coaching practice and you teach these cool dance workshops all over and you seem to not be crazy and you're doing great? And I would tell them, it's because I really have trained myself in sales and marketing. It's viable. It's, it's, it's a must. Viable is not the right word. Vital. Vital. Yep. The cider. Cider is yep. getting to us. Um, <laughs> It's fun though. I'm gonna have another drink in a minute. Good. But anyway, I really saw a hole in the market. I said, I don't really see small business education out there that is delivered with integrity and soul and style and, and a sense of humor and done in the way that I wished someone would have kind of instructed me when I was very first starting out as that life coach. And so I created it. And I had no idea if it was gonna work and there were only a couple hundred students in our first inaugural class. This is our seventh year doing it. Um, thank you. Incredible, it's awesome. Like, I think over 25,000 graduates or something in that realm, like an enormous amount. So, so grateful. Um, students in 111 
11 countries around the world, very big community. So yeah, so that's how it came about and it's grown and evolved every year. Mm -hmm. And so what we teach is really evergreen marketing principles and really helping people understand like, you know, this is what you're doing. Let's get clear in your profit picture. What's your purpose? Like, let's really get clear on your gifts, how you're going to differentiate yourself strategically and also on a soul level. And then taking them through like your website, making sure it sells and it doesn't suck. What's your communication plan? Not a one size fits all thing, but you do have to actually stay in touch with people. Yeah. And just taking people through how to do things um, that I've seen with the most integrity and transparency and that actually is effective and creates results. Mm. Awesome. It's really fun. It is awesome. Thank so, you. And is it just yourname.com? No, marieforleobschool.com or simpler is joinbschool.com. And we only open up once a year. And before we open the doors, we always share um, like a free business building workshop so people can get a flavor, they can get a taste for if they, if they find me incredibly annoying or not, or they'll see the teaching style and they can see the whole curriculum. And if they want to join, they join. And if they don't, they've hopefully gotten some great value. Great. And then on the flip side of the B School, Marie yeah. TV. Marie TV, yes. yes. So our weekly show, Creating a Business and Life You Love. It's funny, I didn't realize that Chase Jarvis Live is about five years old. Yes, old. Yes. No, Marie <laughs> TV, same thing. We're going to start producing our sixth season. So that really started off, that was another thing that was an intuitive hit. I kept hearing a little voice going, you should do more video. You need to do more video. You should really do more video. I'm like, okay, I got, I it. got it. I'll do more video. It started off me looking into my webcam. No lighting, no editing, no scripting, no anything. Just like, bah, 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 bah. and then um, very quickly was like, oh, I should probably have other people shoot. Like that could make it more effective. And then you wouldn't have to walk on a camera. Exactly. And then it so it very slowly evolved over the past um, five years, and it's just become this really beautiful, really fun thing. I have a weird, quirky sense of humor, so I've always had these ideas of being able to teach concepts and strategies and tools, but not in a dry way. Like, yeah, it's to, a, the best teachers you ever had in your life, they were awesome. Yes. They, they leaned in, they entertained you, they joked with you, they were serious with you, they were heartfelt, they were honest. Like, yes. That, that, that's something that I see totally missing from traditional education, certainly K through 12, uh, I'm not really talking about that, but the continuing adult education, there's just it's so much shit out there. Yes. And, but compare that to the people that you listened to when you were growing up, who were the best? That is what you, you, I've, I've watched many episodes, that's what you deliver, you do a great job. Thank you. And so, that's what we're, and we're trying to do the same thing here, right? Yeah. I think, anyway, you get it. Yeah, no, so it's really, really fun. So we're cutting into um, our sixth season and we'll start like writing and producing. And it's, it's my way to make sure that I can share as much of my kooky goodness with as many of the people in the world as I can. It'll always be free, it stays free. We have viewers in like 195 countries slash territories. Yeah. Yay, I Google Analytics. That. Right. But I like Chris Gillibo is a friend of mine, says there's yeah. only 193 countries yes. according to the UN. But then I'm looking at my Google Analytics, it says every country, every every month we reach 195. Yes. And that so, we said that too. Yeah. We we're like, I think it's all the governments and territories that mm -hmm. keeps going like, am yeah. I a what am I? They go so, back and forth. Yes. So incredible reach. Congratulations. Thank you. That's great. Thank and you. Weekly? That's what that is. It is. It's weekly. And actually, we just started something new. Again, mm -hmm. coming back to creativity. I can't ever do one thing the exact same way for too long. <laughs> I'm know. sure you're probably the same oh, way. Oh, it's a curse. It's a curse, but yeah. it's actually it what makes so us fun. great. Yeah, it, it is. It feels very engaging to do that. So um, my subscribers are called MF Insiders. And about once a month, we do a subscriber-only dispatch where I let people in on the behind the scenes of my business or some kind of crazy, wacky story that just really wouldn't fit. I've been craving. I love to write. And I love to share things. And 
we've turned Marie TV into such an amazing kind of machine where I batch shoot my mm -hmm. episodes. And sometimes there's real time stuff that I want to share. Yeah. And I don't want to clog in people's inboxes. And I was like, oh, I can do like a once a month like secret dispatch to my subscribers only. Mm -hmm. So um, Marie TV is essentially weekly, but now I've built in this other component that is the, um, the, the written. Yes. It's, oh, it's written? Oh, it's, it's not video. Ooh. It's not video. Ooh. It's written or some, and sometimes it's been like a download. Sometimes it's been a secret interview that I've done that I've done on audio. I just told a story um, recently about something that happened on our team, like this kind of creative journey that we went on with these ups and downs and tearing our hair out and, you know, some stuff that just wouldn't make sense in an episode. Let's talk about the ups and downs for a second. That was yeah. a great, great segue. Thank you. The ups and downs of the entrepreneur is, yes. a, known, is a known thing. And I think the uh, folks that are sitting at home are, by and large, they are comparing their day-to-day -day with your highlight reel. Oh, don't and, do it. But it's, yeah, but so we have to remind one another, because yes. you know, we may do the same at some times, um, A, to not do that, but B, one of the ways that I think we unlock the potential of the people on the other side of the camera is by letting them know and hearing from you in particular, talk about some of your ups and downs. Talk about, if you can, if you're yeah. willing to go there, uh, not just in really general terms, but specifically, what have been some of your hardest challenges? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I'll tell you, this is one that's real right now that we're just getting through. Um, you know, it was challenging as someone who has an online business school for the past, I would say, I don't know, three years, we've really wanted to make over our website. It was necessary. It wasn't mobile friendly. Like there was all these things. We now have this huge library of content and it's really clunky. There's no way to really house it. It's just outdated on every level. And so we've been working on a new website like since last year. And we had this initial launch date that was like fall of 2015. And you have to get, probably like many people in the audience, and I'm sure like you and your team, you're drivers. Yeah. You hit deadlines. Yes. Everybody is very type A. They pride themselves on making things happen and we're used to making something happen. Yep. Deadline comes, don't reach it. Everyone is like miserable, throws off the whole calendar, feels completely deflated, feels defeated. Okay, great, fine, we'll, we'll get it right at the top of the new year, right? January, 2016. Have this huge launch coming up, B-School, which happens in the spring. It's like, okay, good, we're gonna get it done. Whole team is working, working weekends, like just sweating their buns off. And that's not typical for us. We're very into making sure that people are okay and have time with their families. But I mean, people are putting in crazy hours, myself included. January comes, not gonna happen. Tons of money, like tons of time, tons of frustration. Everyone's moral, like just morally, just like, oh yeah. my God. And then we have to go into this launch. And then, so now finally the new website is going to launch, but I cannot, and it, but this is like pushed off six, seven months Ouch. of a delay and all of the money and the morale. And while that's not like, oh my God, so devastating, but for any creative team and anyone who's tried to just oh, yeah. produce something and you have a bunch of people that you believe in that are hard workers and to watch them keep getting disappointed and to keep having something not work it and stinks. fall apart yeah. and yes, all of that. And just, something's wrong, we have to rebuild it from the ground up and you're just like, ah, like, like, oh my gosh. It's so that's a great example and generalize now because again, you are the coach, you are the life yeah. coach and people are coming to you all the time with a million problems, a million failures. Give us some common ones and a couple of uh, 
a panacea or a couple of uh, specific ways to overcome some of these things? Well, I'll, I just want to say something that is related to this, but you slightly go. different. You know, one of the things that I think how people really screw themselves up and they, they do, okay, so in college, went to school in Jersey, like most of us, drank a lot. I um, remember getting wasted on this stuff called um, Goldschlager. Oh God, that's so brutal. Do you remember Goldschlager? <laughs> this shiny, it has little flakes it. In has it has gold oh, flakes oh, and it's um, cinnamon yeah. flavored, oh, right? I, yeah, I hate like, to admit drinking so much of that. Horrible, oh, like horrible. It's so the worst. I often talk about when you go on social media or you just compare yourself to anyone in general, it's like you're taking shots of compare Schlager. And compare Schlager is like 100 times more disgusting and more deadly than Goldschlager. Oh, I like this analogy. Screws you up. You're gonna ha you're gonna be off your game for at least like three or four days, or maybe a week. You're gonna feel like shit. All you're gonna do is like look at their. You're gonna get obsessed with their Insta and their Facebook and this and, and talk to yourself about. You're never gonna get there. They all did it before. There's no room for me. Like it just happens. Yes. I think social media. I'm not bashing on social. It's a suck hole. Yeah. It's a suck hole of time and of energy and what people do 99% of the time is compare themselves to others yep. and Consume, come up short. sit back and, and, and compare and all of those things are things that are, are working antithetically towards your, or not working toward your goal, they're yes. antithetical towards your goal. So yeah. one of our mantras is always create before consume. Mm. So yes. create before you consume. Don't wake up in the morning and go like feed yourself some compare schlager and go through all your feeds. Like get It's your, literally the worst thing to start your day. It's the worst thing to do it, it in is. the world. And you know, I was um, sharing with someone who was who was talking about like, gosh, I don't know how I'm gonna get all this stuff done, and I don't feel it because overwhelm is one of the big things where people feel like they're failing because they're stretched to the max. There's never enough time. They're falling behind. They should be so much further ahead by now. And I often say, get your ass off of social media, like off of it completely, because it's doing nothing for you. Adele had a great line about this when she was interviewed by Time Magazine. She's like. You want me to create a real album, and I'm totally paraphrasing this here, yeah. but she's like, and I'm supposed to care if I'm getting like a million effing likes on this photo? I can't create a real album and pay attention to this bullshit, which is basically what she's saying. And um, there's a lot of people that feel like that. There's a lot of people that aren't in there like, what's my feed gonna look? It's like, enough with the perfection bullshit, because it's all bullshit. It's curated. It's filtered. Nobody looks like that. Nobody lives like that. It's like some yeah. women are like, Marie, you know, you always look so beautiful. I'm like, dude, you should see every day. Like, I wake up, my hair's in a freaking bun. I have no makeup on. I'm, my show, it's a show. It's a show. I get dressed up. I get I dressed shower. up yeah, for I the show. Combed our hair before we came on yes, here. Yes, and I put makeup, and it's a show. But that's just like any other show where you're like, you're getting on stage, you're doing a thing. But I don't walk around in heels every day. I don't walk around with like getting a you know blowout every day or like makeup. And so, in terms of, I know we kind of got away from your question. No, no, no. But I love this is exactly what we're supposed to do. But it's such a friggin' time suck, and it makes people feel like shit and it makes them compare themselves and they never do their creative work. They don't get to express the gifts that they are put on this planet to express. Not everybody, but a large portion of us do that. Let's go about you in particular. Yes. I like your story of struggle, I think that's real. And I think people could probably extrapolate uh, a handful of others, but in order to save time, I want to be respectful of your time and the length of the show, but talk about you in particular. What are some things that, for example, you say, do not do this in the morning? Oh. So do you have some other do not do's in the morning and do you have some must do's? Um, okay, must do's for me, I think exercise 
if you want to be creative, you want to be productive, and you actually want to feel good in your life, it's like the most underrated tool for... Designed for movement, this um, thing here. This, <laughs> this thing. Yeah, this but thing here. For mental clarity, for feeling good, and for releasing all of those happy hormones that we naturally can produce, that's like a must. I can always feel, I can see it in my skin, I can see it just in how I operate. So exercise, yes. Um, things not to do. I will tell you if we want to look for just another area where I feel like people kind of fall down a bunch and this is some place where I have to watch myself, mm -hmm. is feeling like I'm going too slow. Like I write too slow, I don't create enough stuff fast enough, somehow I'm not producing fast enough and like Josh, my man, and some of my friends are like, Marie, you're like an animal. But in my own mind, mm. I can beat myself up. Oh and yeah. Be really, do you identify well, with that? Own, I'm my own worst critic. I, 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 when I sit across some people and they say, oh my God, I'm like, how are you even alive? You're just pushing out so much stuff and you've got 10 projects going on. And I'm like, that's so weird because the whole time what's going on in my head is like not good enough, not fast enough, not you know, powerful enough, not strong enough, not all the, like all these things. And I, to be crystal, I consider myself a very confident person on the scale yes. of confidence. Yes. And so, uh, you know, over the last, I'd say certainly uh, two years, but really five years working on that, that voice I used to encourage that voice because I think that I thought that that voice was the voice that got me to where I was. And then a, uh, a very wise person told me that, was, is it possible that you think that that actually that voice could be an anchor? So what if you change that voice? This is sort of when I embraced meditation. So I started meditating and started, I found some techniques to quiet that voice that I thought had created my success for me. And you know what happened? I just accelerated. Yes! It's so weird. You think that the thing that got you there was what you need to hold on to preserve that 3 a.m. gremlin voice or uh, what Ariana Huffington calls her, that, that uh, what roommate? The obnoxious, obnoxious roommate voice. <laughs> yes. Like you, you think that's what got you there and if you can quiet that? Yes. It is, it is like a, you were shot out of a can and it was powerful. The kinder I am to myself, and actually for me, we don't probably don't have time to, to slip into this too much, maybe another conversation okay. at another time, but um, also as a woman, for me, uh, it's very easy for me to be in my masculine driving mode, and I have to really pay attention to staying in a feminine energy, which produces a ton more for me, but I, yes. my mind doesn't like it. My mind doesn't like it, so that's another interesting thing. So you were saying like not looking at my phone, actually yes. staying joyful and staying in a very, when I say sensual, I just mean like really in my body yeah. and playful. Those are the things that help me accelerate the fastest. Play. Yeah. What do you do to play? Dance. Dance, sing. Sing really dumb songs um, that I make up, but they're like jingles, but they don't go anywhere ever. They're just repeating. Um, roller coasters. I love amusement parks. Like wow, I can go on roller no coasters. Way. I love this about you. All day long, and I'm always looking for friends. I don't know if you like roller coasters uh, or not. I would go to Disneyland with you. Awesome, because <laughs> I don't have many people. A lot of people have vertigo or they just get motion sickness, and I'm like, let's go again. Um, and also more fun. Let's see. Those are all fun things. Yeah, and then I love food, and I love eating, and I love like wine and really tasty food, and hanging out and having fun conversations that leads to dance parties. Uh, speed round. Yes. What would people be surprised to find out that they don't know about you right now, but would be surprised if they knew? Hmm. That, let's see, surprised to know about me. I mean, it, it, and I realize this can be tough for people who are reasonably public. Like yeah, you I was like just going to say, yeah, I'm like, hmm, I tell There's got to be something. That's, that's, that's the basis of the question. Surprised to know. Oh, this, uh, it's kind of weird. But that's why. I want to know weird. What's happening? I love tweezing. 
like tweezing hairs Ooh. and like friends. Like if I ever see a friend come over and they have a weird hair sticking out of anywhere, like I stop them, I go get my tweezers and I like let manicure. Me hear, let me help you out here. Yeah, totally loving. And they're like, thank you, because no one else does that. Right. You're like, I, you're good. You got it's, it's, it's a little just weird. starting to come through here. You got Usually yeah, yeah. it's hairs. Usually it's just like rogue. When all of us get to a certain age, hairs start coming out of places that they're just, you're like, <laughs> they're not supposed to come out, yeah. supposed to come yeah, out yeah, of those yeah. places. So I'm, I'm the first one to go. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. What did you learn yesterday? What did I learn yesterday? So yesterday, today is Wednesday. Yesterday was Tuesday. Um, we are in the city of Los Angeles. We are in the city of Los Angeles. Oh, goodness gracious. Great balls of Chase Jarvis. Um, I learned that I love looking at, I make this thing called a Buddha bowl, all vegetables, mm -hmm. and I loved how it looked. This is like yeah, kind of dumb. No, no, it's great. It looks amazing when there's hemp seeds and um, pumpkin seeds on top, and I just kind of want to hang out and not eat it. It's just this perfect, gorgeous display of food that is like art. Morning or night? Both. Wow. Um, Think about that for a minute. Meat or vegetable? Both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's horrible, right? Yes, I know. It's but hard. it's the truth. All right. But as long as the meat is um, grass-fed, not that often, um, mostly veggie, but there's times when mama needs a burger. Something you do to get un unblocked, unstuck, un like you're, you're, you're jammed up. What, what does Marie do? Oh my God, I do like the silliest dances, like really geeky dances. And um, to Josh, my man, like I just turn the music up really loud and make like baby noises and do these ridiculous dances and get him laughing and then I start laughing. And then... That's blocked on a small scale, what about blocked on a big scale? Oh, blocked on a big scale. Um, cry, super stuck, I cry. And then I call like one or two friends that totally get me and that I can just like wail on about how much I suck and cry. And then, um, and then we kind of talk through it and then I'm like, okay, I can go back. Music? Hip hop. Awesome. I mean, I love all music, but if it's like, you know, if I'm cooking, I'm it's Frank Sinatra. If um, sometimes it's like Latin jazz. Um, if I'm driving to a fitness class, it's pop music because I just want to get in there. But all other times, it's hip hop. And what did I not ask you that I should have, that you have a piece of information that I have not uncovered in this hour and 15 minutes? Um, ask me about my favorite genre of movies. Ooh. Well, I, man. Okay, let's go books and movies. Go ahead. Okay. Um, zombie movies. Horror films. Wow. Not slasher. Not slasher. Not slasher. Not slasher. No, not overly violent. Crystal. Got it. Supernatural, like The Conjuring, one of my favorite recent movies. Anything with zombies, I am in, and I will watch it like five or six times. Wow. Yeah. Books. Favorite book of all time is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Incredible book. I read it like it's always near me or with me. I never get tired of it. I adore him. I interviewed him a few times. Like I love oh, him don't. so much. Oh gosh, I haven't met Stephen. I too. love him mm. so much. Like if I could have a grand, if he could be, you know, like part yeah. of my family or an uncle or something. Yeah. Like I, I love him. I know exactly where that book is sitting in my house on my bookshelf right now. I pick it up. Mm, weekly might be a stretch, but certainly monthly. Yes. Yeah, and turning pro and uh, do the work. But War of Art is just, it's classic. Can't, mm. can't touch this. Dun, 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 dun.
can't sexes. <laughs> I am so thankful that you were on the show. And, Thank you. Um, this is a first. This is not a last. This is a beginning, not an end. And uh, Pinky Swear? Yes, thank you. Pinky Swear. Uh, coordinates on the internet, marieforleo.com. Yes. You are to give the B-School just to B-School? Join B-School. Join, join B-School. Yeah, but marieforleo.com has all the good stuff. And actually, yep. by the time um, this little puppy is live in the world, we have an amazing new free audio that's called How to Get Anything You Want. And it's some of like my core basic ideas to help people get unstuck. Sweet. So yeah. if they're in that place where they're like kind of grappling with want, wanting clarity, it's like an hour-long free, totally free audio training that they can just download. And if they've enjoyed this, they'll kind of get some good stories and some good inspiration. That's sweet. You sort of dis mildly or lightly disavowed social, but most of the people who are listening, they want to come find you. So oh, you totally. I don't, it's, and it's not that I hate it, but actually one of the things that people don't know about me, for running a digital company, I spend the majority of my time offline. Like, I am not one of those people who's constantly in this unless I have to get something done with my team. But it's always at Marie Forleo. So Snapchat, Insta, Twitter, and Facebook, It's and YouTube, it's just all at Marie Forleo. And come say hi. And if you don't hear from me, it, don't think I'm a butthole. <laughs> right. it, I'm just literally offline, like, living life. I'm sure your inbox looks like mine too. It's a pile <laughs> of hangers. It's so ugly. How fun is Snapchat? I love it. I'm having so much fun with it. Uh, yeah, I'm like I'm playing only like internally with my yeah. friends and doing really dumb, silly things. But I it's cool. It. It's so like lightweight and it's easy to create and it's fast. And yeah, simple. I like the things where my eyeballs pop out. Like I like doing like the weird. Open your mouth, rainbow tongue yes. kind of. Yeah, yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank the you. The world is going to find out more about you when they go there. Um, I'm super grateful for your time. All right, that about wraps it up. But before I let you go, I want to say, A, a huge thank you. B, let you know how to find me. I'm basically at Chase Jarvis all over the internet, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm very active on Snapchat. You guys should check it. If that's a platform that you enjoy, uh, check me out there, as well as all the other ones. It's a super important ask for you to share this. Also, uh, subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, and or Stitcher. And most definitely, if you're willing to put in a little bit of extra juice, please leave a review on iTunes. That helps make our podcast more visible. Last place that you can check it out and, and get some additional value is in my newsletter, which is chasejarvis.com slash VIP. That is where I put content out before it hits my social platforms. So that's sort of the insider track. Leave comments all over the internet for me. I will track them down and respond as best I can. And uh, again, huge thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'm looking forward to the next episode already. I hope you'll join me next time.